Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. But today, I am sounding a little bit rough for wear. Uh, as of this recording, I'm recording the intro on. I just got back from doing a reptile expo with the Phoenix Herpological Sanctuary. So, a lot, a lot of animal work, to say the least, here, conservation talk and jazz. And I got some severe allergies going on. I am congested right now, folks. Hardcore. As of this recording. So, I just want to let you know that in this intro, I sound a little bit rough, and I started okay at interview, and I went kind of rough. But today on the show, though, besides me rambling on, we have Steve Rude on the show. Steve Rude is an artist who co-created the Nexus, and as well as a billion other things. He's worked at DC and such like that. Artwork's beautiful. So... Steve is on the show today. We talk a little bit about comics, his upcoming Kickstarter. Where I tell his wife, it is 100% a win-win situation for you guys. But taking a look at it now, we have some really, really fun talks, to say the least here. We have talks about people, mentalities, uh, motivations, you know, pursuing careers, all sorts of jazz like that. So obviously, I think even if you're not in the arts, you're going to get a lot, a lot of stuff to take a look at here. And you're going to get a lot, a lot of motivational support, I think, for yourself. And shit, if I wasn't working in the arts and also animals, I would definitely still get a lot of motivational inspiration. But besides the point, guys... Besides me going to still a little bit on the allergies here, uh, you can follow me on Twitch, CoderRex97 with a K. We're going to play games live, raw, on cut. Twitter at DakotaMorgan3. And also Instagram at Dakota underscore Morgan97. And YouTube, where you can catch older episodes of the podcast with celebrities from all over comics, video games I play, dinosaur shows that I do, toy unboxes, and more on the channel, and wildlife videos. That's Dakota Morgan on YouTube. Plenty of content out there for you guys, to say the least here. But we're hitting the two-minute mark here, so without further ado, let's dive into... My talk with Steve. In the writing sort of thing, I was writing scripts for whoever needed it. Uh, it was a thing where there'd be people would call and say, "Hey, we got a short film happening here. Uh, can you can you write us a script?" I, was like, I said, "Sure. There's no problem at all." Or it would be, "Hey, uh, some stuff never saw the light of day, as you may know, happens all the time. Is you know tie-in comic books to some short films that may be coming out." Or honestly, like some people on alive would get a lot is I'd get emails saying, hey, can you review my uh, scripts and whatnot? I said, sure. No problem at all yeah. to see like for storyline wise. So, so you're, listen, you're, you're basically busy a lot then, right? You're keeping busy. Very much so. Oh, very much so. I mean, it's it's been a, it's been an interesting few months. I mean, like I told you before, like I've been I do this stuff with a comic company. That we're trying to start up pretty soon here. Um, and then. Now currently working two jobs at a animal exotic animal sanctuary with reptiles and such like that, actually in Scottsdale, and then now working at an exotic animal hospital too, and then writing when I come home late at night. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> See, uh, the people that are really succe- really successful in life have a very simple formula. <clears throat> they um, they look at the time that they have every day because you can't retrieve time. Yeah. Once it's gone, it's gone. And Arnold talks about this a lot, Schwarzenegger, where all these people around him uh, thought it inconceivable that he could he could take advantage of all those hours in a day. Yeah. But to him, it was it was nothing. So so it just goes to show uh, your thinking process determines everything that you accomplish in life. This is impossible. This is not impossible. Um, and that's what's interesting about people. Most most people, I, I, I uh, from what I've seen in my 64 years, squander a vast amount of time. 
And from that, uh, other people like myself learn what not to do in life. Yeah. I think it's initiative. I I would say it's the initiative because the initiative just is never taken almost these days. And it's, it's weird. Also apologies if I sound rough. I just got back from transporting a bunch of animals and I got, I got my allergies are going nuts today, (laughs) but, um, it's, it's, I think it's initiative on there because, and I've had this conversation with people before in all types of art form stuff is the initiative to go out there and actually do something is what stops so many people. Well, I feel bad for them. I've never yeah. had that problem. Um, no. And I, uh, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, but I've watched friends of mine, same age, just look at the, the things I, I wanted to do with them, they say, well, that's impossible. You know, how are we going to get there? You know, and a thousand mm-hmm. other things that meant nothing to me because I would always find a way to do things. And that's probably why I have a full life and never had a uh, a midlife crisis. Oh, you never had one? <clears throat> no, I've had crises on and off, but yeah. midlife crisis has come about <clears throat> because people get to a certain age, like 40, 45, and they, and they feel like, what have they done with their lives? So obviously mm-hmm. that's never happened with me because I've done nothing but do, 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 accomplish, accomplish. <clears throat> but that's where it happens. Um, you're in a job that is not gratifying. Um, <clears throat> there are things you'd like to do in life, but you're too afraid to take that step. I meet these kind of people all the time at shows, and I try to do my my best to alter their thinking about things. And one of the things I always I seem to want to tell them is, if you don't do it now, why don't you wait five years? Because then you've, you've squandered even more time. Mm. You're even less inclined to want to take a chance with things. I mean, yeah, and it's and if you don't start in that five years, then like then obviously it's something that you never really truly wanted to do is the thing. I think they really t- truly do want to do it. Um, you do? Yeah, oh yeah. Most of the guys that. Uh, that I talk to want to be want to be doing comics, but they 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 have in their head this list of insurmountable hurdles. But they would love to be doing what um, they they would have fun doing, which is drawing or writing comics. Yeah. But um, you know they get they get up there in age and they think well they have they also have this idea about age that um, once you get to a certain age it's irreversible. Well, that's that's just a, a thought pattern that's erroneous. What do you what do you mean by irreversible though? Like that they can't go do it, or that they can't get out of it? Uh, both. Both. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, like, they, don't, what? they don't understand that they really at any given time you can alter everything in your life. Yeah. But in their mind, oh, yeah. they've got shackles in their brains. Yeah. Yeah, like it's. That is, there's no age where you can't like i know a guy actually i was talking to him over the weekend there's a guy i know he ran a trucking company for like 30 40 years right yeah, was, yeah here in arizona and he got bought out and such like that he could easily retire no he's 72 and handling crocodiles so the the thing about age when you hit a certain age oh i can't do anything now because i'm old i say those people are full of shit because it's not the same like you can't you can still go ahead and do it. I mean, I have no one of my old history teachers now because I'm a younger guy. He's 65 and he's still doing the Ironman races. 
So like that's the thing. Like age, I think, doesn't determine what you want to do in life. That's the part about it, I think people have a mis- misunderstanding about it. Once they hit a certain age, it's over. It's never over. Well, society puts a puts a a weird slant on age. That our that is very true. Yeah, and it's it's um you know like a lot of things in life it's ass backwards. Yeah, you're not kidding. You're not, oh, I'm I'm curious about you though, Steve. Like you've done obviously a lot to say the least here too. But was there that thing that you had growing up that really got you to once you started that first domino to the fall, and then you've just been going on ever since? Yeah. Um, well, I was, I would, you know, I was just telling this student over here that I'm working with today. Um, there was a time when, um, you know, later on in life, my mom said, um, "You remember that baby bird incident, Steve?" Or Steve, she called me. I said, oh, yeah. She was, that's when I knew there was something different about you. Hmm. And uh, so what, what happened was I reacted to a baby bird being hurt, you know, five times more than the average human being. Oh, wow. So, <clears throat> so having that, um, that, that property, emotional, emotional property that I have, um, it, um, it gave me the best and the worst of being me. Mm. And uh, so I would see things and when I would look at them, I would see things as intensely as that baby bird incident. Wow. I would have never like that's because people often talk about the things that they talked about before, but a baby bird incident, though. You know, there's a lot of things like that. Um, um, whenever, whenever I'd see something being hurt, I would kind of go crazy. Mm. And like a, in a helping kind of crazy way, like, oh, I want to go in here. I want to help out as much as I can sort of oh, yeah. thing. Like, yeah. Um, mm. So when you mentioned you, you handle animals, you know, I wanted to be a zoologist. That was my really? first goal early on in life, even though I always drew pictures. And that became, that idea became impractical because, um, all I wanted to do was pet animals and hold them. I didn't mm. want to do science and all that stuff, you know, that had no interest. So if there's somebody, say if somebody like Marlon Perkins asked me to come along to Africa to uh, uh, help uh, help out with uh, filming the rhinos or something or the cheetahs, you know, that's something I would do in a second. But mm. all the all the things are, uh, aside from that, you know, no, that's that's not how my brain works. No, no interest in the science part. It can I tell you a secret? That's everybody that's in this field with animals. That's all of us. We we learn the science so we can be able to pet and cuddle the animals. That's the whole big secret, Steve. I I know I'm going to get some slack for it, but that's it. Like we we learn it because we just want to be able to be there with them. And it's like that he hurdle you got to go over to go to it. Like I had to learn so much science to be able to handle alligators and crocodiles. When I was done in Florida for a show. Um, <clears throat> Somebody had um, the good sense to uh, bring something different to the show, and there was an actual booth set up with native wildlife, and one of them was a miniature crocodile. Ooh. And I started, you know, me being me, I started talking to the lady at the booth, and she says, um, well, this guy, when, when, you, when you hold him like this, like a baby, he actually starts to make purring noises. <laughs> And so that told me a huge amount of of the uh, 
the nature of animals. I mean, <clears throat> literally, a, you know, here's a reptile acting like a puppy dog or something. Yeah. Oh, they do. Oh, they do. I this weekend alone, I had that not same scenario, but a similar scenario. We, I was with a penning zoo. We had our American alligator, six feet long, named Baby. She, I worked with her a bunch. Her mouth was taped. And she pushed me down, and she I was like, uh-oh. But she just pushed me down. She laid her head on my lap, and then she just wanted the pets and the scratches. And then she fell I posted the video about it today, actually, on my social media, is she just fell asleep. And one of the guys come on, she's, they're like, is she asleep? And I say, yeah. They said, we've never seen that before. Like, she feels comfortable. An American alligator, a sucker, she's six feet long, could kill me if she wanted to. But mouth was taped, and she was like, okay, I want to sit here. I want a pet. And people are like, oh, is she tranquilized? No, she's just, she feels comfortable. I, it, it was a teaching moment too, for sure. Like something similar with that. So I had to say that out there. But it was, like, it's you just never know. And it's like the nature of everything is just very weird in our world, to say the least. Here, and it kind of goes back to what you're saying about how society makes you perceive certain things. You know, society makes you perceive certain things about your your jobs, your life, and then animals. It's like, no, take a step back, go behind the scenes, take a look at it. Well, as you were telling me that story, um, I've always thought, you know, in the deepest part of myself that there's universalisms with all living creatures. And the only reason there's not more of that is because nobody trusts anybody. Ooh. The worst the worst thing you can ever do in life is to be fearful of uh, everything around you. You'll never open up yourself. Um, I've never had a problem with that, but most people, for good reason, don't trust anyone, especially yeah. girls, you know, with guys because they're kind of mean and stupid sometimes. Yeah. Um, so we we learn to be afraid. You know, that crocodile or that alligator in the wild could never do that. No, she would never feel safe enough to trust somebody. So I, that's another thing I, I think that ties into the big picture of. Um, of all um, heartbeating animals is that very thing. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. I mean, like fear, fear it can be the inhibitor. I mean, people will listen to like, hey guys, I got better talk about comics. Well, we will later. But like, I think fear is like the big huge thing about it. Like it's it's such a hurdle these days, and it seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse with it. Like fear of people like shit trying a new book. I guess we could relate to that in a way there too. And you know, fear of trying a new job, fear of trying a new like a food even in the sense like you know it, it's the same amount of fear of trying a, a a new experience and i think it's just i don't know like what do you you said you've never had to deal with it that much either but what could you say about like conquering fear a little bit for people to try new things well obviously you're pretty good at it. the first no thing is that this is more society brainwashing um if if say if we had the reverse thinking going on uh, with every everyone you came in contact with to tell you, no, this is not impossible. Um, uh, you can get as excited as you want about anything and then um, uh, start taking step number one to getting that. You know, if that was if that was uh, drilled into people much more than it is, because it's not, um, I think people would have a chance to react in a more positive way to, to simple things like that. Yeah. But that fear thing, you know, and uh, uh, the can't uh, situation is all part of the the, um, the negative brainwashing. It's very, very yeah. much a shame. 
It, was, it is. Oh, it is. But uh, it's a thing. I mean, it's maybe maybe in the future we'll see some changes with everything. Maybe in the future. I mean, you just. I think in these days you just never know what's going to happen the next day, sort of thing. Which yeah, is, that's, which is that's, that's, that's very true. Um, <clears throat> I think um, I was about to say that I know people are not going to change. I don't believe for a moment they'll ever change. Mm. Um, <clears throat> to me, human uh, um, human beings are are locked into um, much more negative thinking than the reverse. There's, you know, there's <clears throat> when these people walk around chanting peace, peace, and all that, give peace a chance. <clears throat> well. <clears throat> um, there will always be people that that want that, but they're naive. There's there's a lot of bad, rotten people that prey in people that think like that. Because when you when you so naively think that peace is going to rule the world, you've got to contend with somebody that just assassinated the guy next to you. Yeah, and that will never change. So That's true. what you want to do in life is just carve out your own little space and th- for things. And if you know what you want to do and you're doing it, that's the best you can hope for. And if you if you actually have a few really good actual friends, uh, then you're ahead of the game. Yep. But um, it, the way I think of the way I see it is there's very few actual real friends. And that's a shame. Really? That's a real shame. Yeah. Do you think that's changed from the past where there was actually a lot like and you're. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to age you at all, but <laughs> you're a little bit older than me. But do you think that's changed in the past years? Like, do you do you think like maybe like the the fact that we haven't have that many true friends was it a thing that you did have more of in the past? Do you well, think it's changed recently? Technology has shifted everything around in a really bizarre kind of a way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, look at look at the <clears throat> the advantages we have as far as internet and uh, these phones and all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> these things in theory, are, the, are, are a great <clears throat> boon to our lives, a good, a big help. <clears throat> but in fact, they're, they're entirely doubles, uh, double-edged. Mm. Um, <clears throat> when, when you've got a, a legion of kids at a certain age and they're communicating uh, in a virtual sense with people, I mean, my brain kind of drops out when I hear that. But really, that's that's the way it is nowadays. Uh, it sure wasn't for for the longest time because uh, these things weren't around uh, in the past, in the last twenty years past that. Mm. So, but people people adjust to whatever their environment is. I still don't know how to use um, phones. These new phones, um, I'm thrown off by them. I really don't. Um, I, I, I never want to be part of that online crowd, so mm. I know nothing about it. I hear the things I hear are basically pretty bad. Like, you yes, a lot of really, um, unhappy people through the, the guise of, uh, the internet thing, uh, they spend a vast amount of their time, uh, being destructive. Yeah. And this is yeah. one of the most awful things that's, uh, is, has been brought out in people. You know, if, if 100 years um, earlier, 200 years, 300, whatever, if we had these these things that we have now, I'm I'm pretty assured that there would be no difference in how people um, would would use them. 
a thousand percent agree on that. A thousand because there's not because people it goes to what you're saying, like people don't really change that much. And like, that's human the thing. nature doesn't change. No, no God, no, no. You like we got a few good eggs in the batch, but after that, I mean that's that, that help guide the way of the eggs rolling down the hill, and that's about all you got. <laughs> but you know, I think there's positivity in that too. But it's you're not wrong. I I never put it that way before. I really God damn, you're a better writer than me. Um, I've never thought about it that way of like if you gave everybody in the passes because i hear so often that people are like oh if i had this now as a kid we wouldn't be doing this i'm like oh i think you would be oh yeah i think you i think you really would be something very interesting about the past in that uh um <clears throat> there are many many brilliant artists out there just phenomenally good at what they do and yet <clears throat> the people we all revere <clears throat> were uh long dead by the time we came into the picture and these are the guys that had one-tenth of what we have now, but they're the guys that we all look to as as the guiding lights uh, in our in our lives and career. Mm-hmm. Everyone cites the old masters. <clears throat> I cite Sergeant Zorn and uh, Soroya. Oh, good. But they had nothing, nothing compared to us. If you wanted to learn about art, you had to go to a museum. Yep. Uh, a library, to say the least, too. Yeah, library for sure. Yeah. And I, you know, people use whatever they have at that time. But if that time doesn't have anything beyond that, like things that are going to be invented 10 years from now, they make do. Yeah. They always make do. It's like being born in Alaska, you know, five, you know, 5,000 years ago. You had to learn how to be, build a home out of, out of ice or you would die. Okay, that's it. Like so it's, well, it's all very practical. It's true. It's very true. Well, I mean, kind of getting in a not really lighter tone, but I mean, well, in a sense, yeah. Um, there was talk of a Kickstarter, by the way, in the emails that was going on here. Uh, you want me to talk about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we're kind of, we're, I don't want to take too much of your time today, Steve, and whatnot. I mean, I kind of want to shift gears to that a little bit here to help you out a little bit. What well, What's going on with this Kickstarter? Well, the first thing is, you know, you can, you we we take as much time as we need. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that's, that's the golden rule right there. <clears throat> don't feel any pressure uh, because it doesn't exist to me. You know, we're mm. here to chat and talk and, and we, it's, Things have a, a normal duration, um, and we know when it's time to to leave, and we know when it's time to keep going. So, <clears throat> what I'd like to do is get Janelle up here because she's she's the person that takes care. She's the, she's the uh, the understructure of, of the Rude Dude Publishing, and Rude Dude is nothing Ooh. more than myself. You know who does all the work. Yeah. Janelle, my wife, who does everything else. And we have a couple assistants, and now we have Jessica taking over a lot of the media uh, concerns, getting the word out and using all the things that I don't know how to work with <clears throat> to uh, become part of uh, the modern way of getting the word out. So let me see if I can find Janelle here, okay? Okay. Gino, yeah. come on up, hon. <laughs> Gino is my opposite. Um, she's... <laughs> She's reserved. Oh, she does not like to be in front of a camera, even though she's the prettiest girl I ever met. 
Um, she's literally the most beautiful girl I, I ever saw in my life when I met her. She was 21 in college. And I was in my 30s. Yeah. And she thought I was much, I, she thought I was 10 years younger than I was. Um, and so that was really the, 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 the um, uh, books would call it the inciting incident that would change a great deal of my life. So here's Princess. She'll describe everything you want to know that uh, that I don't know, okay? Okay. Here she is, Dakota. Dakota, this is Janelle right here, okay? Okay, no problem at all. Hi, Janelle. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yeah, hi. Sorry, I was up working until like 3 a.m., so I just got up. Oh, it's no problem. I, I, my allergies are kicking in hard today too, and luckily we're still trying to get a new camera in the mail. We don't know when it's going to come in, so it all it all works. Yeah. So, um, I was not listening to the interview. What are, what did you need to know? Oh, we were just wondering about the Kickstarter. So I was wondering about that because I was mentioning the emails and such like that too, and I just wanted to kind of get some information on that for anybody that might be listening. Okay. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> That is actually launching on Thursday, and it's going to be um, in back in 2006. Steve published um, a book of his animated uh, layouts, and uh, what do you call them? Would be cells. Well, no, not the cells. The uh, model sheets. Mm. And uh, like head turns and like how to draw the different characters, everything you would hand um, an animator to give them like turnarounds and everything for each character, along with all the notes. And that was totally done in black and white back in 2006. And we had done a fundraiser for it back then that helped fund that. And we published in the back of it um, all the sketches that he did for that so um we just recently like we have like maybe five copies left so we're oh. wanting to reprint that so in order to reprint that we and update it we colorized it he took out the uh, sketches in the end he added more model sheets um because there's been some new villains added some new people added uh, so he added um, that. Plus, he had done a bunch of work for um, a company out in Europe and another company, 21 Draw. And so we published some of the, uh, the not, not model sheets, but just like how to draw and pers like perspective and that sort of thing. Okay. So those were republished in there. And uh, then along with that, um, we're going to also publish um, an ash can to his, the continuation of the Nexus newspaper series called uh, Return to Thune World. So Garmando is um, done. That was newspaper strip number one. So that trade paperback came out in March. We're shipping the oversized hardcovers now. And the next story is called Return to Thune World. It's 100 pages. And uh, he's doing everything himself. So he did the writing, penciling, inking, uh, lettering, everything, um, except for the coloring. 
is going to be done by Steve. So that's a lot of work for a hundred page book. So, so for the ash cans, um, we're splitting it up into sections. So this will be part one. Um, I'm breaking down the sections right now. It's going to be about 25, 26 pages of story. Um, And we're also going to have um, the corresponding script pages and some pencil to ink stages. We're looking at about 40 to 48 pages in a letter size uh, stapled. uh, So it'll be more of a collector's edition. Um, But that'll also be a preview of the next book. And for people that don't want to have to wait another year or so to next installment, um, they can kind of get it in pieces and, and kind of see it ha- as it comes together. So that's going to be a big part of it. We designed a t-shirt um, for the book. So that's there. It's going to be available in a short sleeve t-shirt or a sweatshirt. Um, and we, we are hoping to ship all these for Christmas. So anybody that wants to, uh, you know, order extra as gifts, the feel free. <laughs> and, um, let me see what else. Those are most of the new items, but I put together some packages. We have uh, our 2021 sketchbook is also just shipping. We do annual sketchbooks. Um, so we have a package that's, you know, the draw nexus and the thune world and the back issues of the sketchbooks. Um, we have another one that's for Gormando. So if you missed it, you could get the trade paperback along with you know, the draw nexus in the, the thin world ash can, or you can get the deluxe hardcover, which is an amazing book. And, um, the shortcut for that is going to be steverucom forward slash draw nexus 2021. And, um, probably later today or tomorrow, if you use that, then you'll be able to preview the Kickstarter. Currently that will take you to um a page that has like a summary like a blog that has a summary of uh what's going to be in there but then like i said later today or tomorrow that's going to be rerouted to the actual preview of the kickstarter oh okay yeah so you can look at it you can make they can make comments catchers oh and, and also another Thing that we're doing as part of that is Steve's going to give away a sketch and because this is draw nexus he wants people to draw nexus so by using the social media hashtag draw nexus um, during the campaign if you back the campaign and you post your um, your sketch of nexus online with the hashtag draw nexus then Steve's going to pick his favorites and we're going to give away a sketch or two. That is a lot. Oh my Lord. Yeah. That is a lot. I mean, overall though, it seems that anybody want to be a part of it, they win no matter what. Yeah. And all our stuff's professionally printed. Um, We're trying to have everything this time printed inside Phoenix so that we can definitely get a quick turnaround. We had a huge leg with the Gormando hardcover because it was printed in Hong Kong. So they shut down the entire month of February, which I didn't know. So that delayed the printing. And um, then 
because of the time difference, there was this huge delay. So every time I would email them, it would literally take them 24 hours to email me back. Oh. And then the last delay was just getting the books here. And that was um, and a huge increase in shipping costs. Um, so it took the book from the time they said, okay, we're shipping until it finally got in. It was like three months. So I know a lot of people were like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, we're waiting like everybody else. Yeah. We're waiting on shipments and everything else. Like the whole rest of the world. Yeah. Uh huh. So we're trying to get everything done in the U S but for this, because we really want to push for Christmas shipping. Um, we're trying to get everything printed, um, inside Phoenix. So I can just take my van down and go pick it up. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like it. It's a lot. It is a lot, but I think people will definitely really enjoy this. Yeah, and a lot of it is items that we already have in-house. And um, like Steve had mentioned before, I have two girls that are helping um, with shipping. And uh, Mike Barron will be here um, on – that's totally off subject, though. Barron's going to be here. Uh, Mike Barron will be here over the weekend signing some of those deluxe hardcovers. And um, depending on how many we get signed, I might be able to offer a few um, – as part of one of the I Want It All levels. Ooh. So, yeah, the I Want It All is literally 40 pounds of goodies. And like I said, everything's professionally printed. Even the ash can is going to be on, like, 70-pound paper with a, you know, the 100-point cover. Oh, wow. Um, so it's going to be a nice collector's edition. We don't do, you know, stuff that's um, not um, collectible-friendly. Because mm. that's what everybody wants. So, yeah. Very nice. Well, th well, thank you, by the way, for coming on and talking about this because that is a lot. <laughs> but it is. It sounds like one worth the time and effort for people to go check out because it seems like, like I said, no matter what, you seem to win as a fan. Yeah, and we try and keep the cost down. So you know, the basic levels um, can be can be got for as little as like $20, $25 if you get in on the first 24 hours. So the first 24 hours, we have our super early bird discount. And then the first weekend, so the first 24 hours will be this Thursday. And then okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we have our early bird discount. And then after that, it goes to the regular price. But even uh -huh. the regular price on an unsigned copy, I believe is Thirty-five dollars, thirty thirty-five, which would be both books. Okay. Okay. I'm definitely gonna make sure this episode comes out tomorrow then, because I want people to make sure they get ahead of that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Steve's back. Did you have any more questions? Okay. Um. Uh, just just a couple, sure. Okay. I want to say thank you though for coming on. Okay. No problem. <clears throat> so that that came from the. Uh prettiest and shyest girl in the world right there <laughs> i the love of my life over here also in the studio she she's the same way she's she's pretty beyond belief and I'm, it's shy and but i still love her with a passion yep yep she <laughs> she's got the same thing so i i feel you on that one steve i do she helps me a lot and i help her with i call it the yin yang relationship because if you i don't know it's weird in a way because if you get someone with you that is kind of your opposite, but but you still similar in so many ways. It tends to work out the best. Yeah, I've always thought about the opposites phenomenon, and I 
at, at some point I, I figured it out in a kind of a draw it out on a chalkboard kind of a way. <clears throat> if you're if you're if you got two opposites, so you're on both extremes, uh -huh. um, and you've at the halfway line. Um, the closer you get to that halfway line, the more you complete a, a different side of yourself. Ooh, Steve, this is why this is why you're doing so much better than I am in life. <laughs> you, you have a lot, a lot of good stuff to say. And that's like honestly, like you sound like a, like a really. I don't know. I don't know if you want to say or not. Do you guys have any children at all? Because you sound like a really great father. <laughs> Um, I have, when I, we, yeah, we have two kids, I call them the sillies, uh, Brandon and Jessica. Oh. Um, um, one thing I, I did that, uh, I'm pretty certain that no dad ever did before. Uh, I told these kids when they were about six, that your dad has got a lot of things that I wish I was better at. And here's the things I can change, and here's the things I can never change. So all the good stuff is never going to change. Well, that's easy. Everybody yeah. wants to um, embrace the good side. But the bad sides, I mean, I'm afraid you're stuck with that, too. You're going to see that throughout your lifetime. So you were honest from the start, is what it sounds like. Well, um yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a different kind of breed. I mean, my my parents were very normal, mm. and and then they had me. <laughs> then life changed forever after that. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a joke in them in a lot of ways. So the the best and worst of having you know high emotion emotional content, um, you get the best and the worst of everything. And, yeah. you know, you mentioned the yin and yang of life. Well, um, you know, people always talk about the bad things about them. Well, the fact is, if you're a human being, you your your emotions by way of a contract at birth says you're going to have all these things and people are going to divide them into good and bad. But they're all part of the same thing. Hmm. They're all part of the same person. Yeah. But nobody wants to acknowledge the bad parts. Well, um, that's a shame because uh, to look at them strictly as a bad thing is kind of doing a disservice to being a human being. Tired of biased mainstream media? Just want the news without agenda? Well, stop on by America First podcast. We report every Sunday on the events that took place during the week. No bias, no agenda, just the news as it was meant to be. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, uh, AntennaPod, and Overcast. Tune in and stay up to date. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at capital S, lowercase c-m-b-a-g, capital N. Uh, just look for, type in America First Podcast. We're there. Got plenty of episodes for, uh, for now. We update regularly, as I said. So stay up to date to know what's going on, and as always, stay informed, stay involved, and keep America first. Yeah, yeah, because you got to look at the bad. I, it, it's it, people always tell me, "Oh, you're negative." I'm like, no, I look at the bad because in order to look at the bad, you could know how to fix 
everything. Like you can fix it so the bad doesn't happen again. You can evolve a little bit. You can change it away there too. Like if you look at the you look at the good always, yeah. But if you look at the bad and you learn from it is the way too. It's the key word is learn right there. Then I think like that's where the great change happens with looking at the bad. People have different measures of perspective. Some have Ooh, true. a huge amount of that, um, which is actually rare. And then there's the you know common rank and file human being that just kind of shuffles through life. Um, yeah. There's a lot of those. I, I can't relate to them. You know, I don't think they could ever be friends of mine because I, <laughs> for that reason, but, um, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of look at the, this whole thing, uh, the the best comparison I can make is that Star Trek where Kirk gets split into two people. Ooh. But he okay. needed both of them to be the captain. Yeah. That's the best analogy you can get. <laughs> like, I you think honestly, so. yeah. it's so simple and it works. It's that's that's a t shirt right there. You can make it a t shirt, you can make that a better kitten poster. I like it. I like it. And I, and you attract all the nerds listening to and people watching. I think yeah, fantastic. Which speaking of which, by the way, when we were talking about the Kickstarter. I don't know where you find the time, Steve. It sounds like you have been working nonstop for a, a while, at least. Um, that, that you know, to to look at it like I'm I'm a madman who you know uh, goes through every day fanatically and and all that is um, is a fallacy. It's it's actually mm-hmm. nothing like that. The only advantage I have over maybe other people that are less inclined to have this quality is that I love what I do so much. I can't wait to tackle it. That's the key. That is the key. Because what is it? If you love something, you never work a day in your life. If people, I've known people who said, Oh, that's a lie. Like, no, it is true because you know, I, yes, you're going to be tired. Yes. You're going to be sore. Yes. You're going to have that too, because you're human and you're not a machine, but in the same sense there, like, if you do love what you do, you'll always want to do it. And you, you'll do more than you would if you hated something. Yeah, that's how I see it. Yeah, that's the way about it. That's why, that's why I do with the comics, with the show. People like, oh, people, people look at me and think I'm a madman as well. Like, they're like, oh, you must just have no sleep. Oh, you don't have to do anything. Like, no, I do. This is called I really enjoy everything I do here. Because otherwise, right. if I did enjoy it, what was the point? I basically work from, I get up around as early as six. Sometimes in the middle of the night, uh, I'll be thinking about stuff and, and hit it for a couple hours and then go back to bed. Um, but the studio is so beautiful. I just can't wait to, to jump up the stairs and throw myself on the chair and pick the pencil up with a brush. It was, it, um, it's funny because at the age of 64, I'm probably more driven. Uh, with excitement about the here and now in the future, uh-huh. that it's um, it's actually kind of the reverse, uh, I think, of the way people are commonly portrayed. They're p- portrayed as um, getting older, slowing down, losing energy. It's the opposite with me. So the more so you I get older, the more you're doing. So I encourage everyone else, everyone out there over 60 to be like me. Just keep keep trucking, keep pushing forward, and keep doing what you love. 
Yeah, it's just an attitude. That's all it is. I have yeah. a good one, so yeah. I'm very, very productive. Oh, we can clear, we, the evidence shows to that. Oh, it does. But I mean, like, what what was the thing though that I kind of I'm curious about all this? What talks about having? Like, what is that thing that got you in the comics? So, like, what was that transfer of that? Was it a thing when you were a kid that you always kind of enjoyed the book medium, or there was a later life you found? No, I discovered them when I was young, about uh, about eight, I'd say. Okay. And I thought they were the coolest things that I'd ever seen. And I, really? I, I love the draw, so take it from there. And then it just, you, you're like, oh, I could, did, was, did you have that discovery too that a lot of people had who were artists is like, oh, I could do this as a job? I could get paid for this? No, I never thought like that. Never. No. Um, I, I kind of referred to it as a calling. And to ignore it, you're going to suffer. That is a good way to look at it. Well, what would you read it at the age of eight, though? Uh, Marvels. Marvel? Yeah. Okay. What do you, do you remember? What, ooh. What type of series were you rated? I'm just, I'm just curious because obviously it had a big effect. Like, what was like the series? Do you remember? The big one was Spider Man because my ooh, friend okay. would collect them and I would come over and look at them and, and just be transfixed by. This phenomenon of uh, a 21 page comic. It was just nope. really thrilling to me. Is it that I think it's a thing that a lot of us feel when we read comics for the first time is the fact that you get to enter a new world. The fact that like you get to see new things, like be like, oh, look at this. Like you get it. I will say escapism a little bit, but then in the fact where it's like, oh, this is amazing. Like this is what I picture in my head, but now it's in front of me. Well, you know what Al- Albert Einstein said about um, escapism. If you don't have it, you're going to lead a very unhappy life because you. Um, and just to call it ex- escapism, I would, I would, uh, I would, uh, I wouldn't use that exact term because it sounds like you're uh, you're less of a person for having to escape. I would kind of kind of call it stepping into a, in, a, in a joining reality. That is more pleasant Ooh. than normal real life. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. That, that, yeah. That is the better way to look upon it because, yeah, I, you put it, you put it best. And it's not because I have my allergies kicking it, but it's because <laughs> you honestly did. You put it the best way of life because escaping reality it does sound a little harsh. And you don't want to, like, re- you don't really truly want to escape, but, like, it's a conjoined, it's like a Narnia effect. Like, you know, you can step in there for a little bit and step right back in. Well, people, people in the, in the way they, you know, name things is, is kind of silly in the, in the first place. I was just talking to the, the student that's hanging out with me for better part of four or five days. Uh, you know, there's all these art movements that people you know, he was he was he was asking me, what do you think this guy is an uh, uh, an impressionist? And I said, you know, I look at the, I look at those words as as somebody had to invent them because um, if you don't have a if you don't have an official category, um, it's like it's like you need that to to make sense to to people who maybe are not artists or, or who, who are artists. And yes. This is what defines the category, but I don't. I don't restrict my my thinking to a bunch of silly categories, because they're just words that somebody thought up uh, 
if I had been the one to, to think it up, I can guarantee you I would have thought of a, a different kind of a word. <laughs> or maybe I would have just gone with that. But the, whenever you feel restricted by categories and the uh-huh. fact that it's in print, um, kind of lift your head a little higher and, and look beyond that. Uh, you, you can actually invent your own term for it. You could. I mean, in a sense, in a, sum it up a little bit too. Words are silly in general. I, I like words are just like certain clicks and sounds that are thing. And you could make, you're right, you can make your own. Going back to kind of the animal thing, like so many of them have their own different words. Like parents will do it, all sorts of other jazz. Like, but they do their own version of it. Like, you know, you can have your own version of a word. And that's actually an okay thing to have. Another thing I'm really uh, bothered by is cliche thinking and talking. Ooh. Because it shows me, when I hear those kind of things, I react badly because I realize I'm talking to a very lazy mind. Okay. Um, So that's one of the things that um, kind of repulses me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the people I want to talk to are, um, people that look that uh, look up into the sky and see a bird soaring, and say and think like Jonathan Livingston Seagull, um, I can do that, and I can even do it better. Ooh. And then, so you have a challenge in life; you have a reason to get up, as they say, in the yeah. morning, and then yeah. you go about uh, pursuing it. Then the day turns into a week. Um, <clears throat> Whether you are, are taking advantage of, of life's moments of, of time or not, it always passes the same way, one second at a time. Yeah. And But the people that use it smartly, um, they'll, they'll look at, they'll look at um, decades that have gone by and uh, they're going to feel fulfilled. And the other people are going to have the crisis. And uh, because um, as hard as that is to change or to rearrange your thinking, um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a matter of uh, I, I always looked at it as kind of life and death. Because if I didn't have what I wanted for my life, it was kind of a form of death. Really? Yeah, it was very serious with me. I was going to make it as a comic artist <clears throat> uh, no matter what. And I, I never thought for a moment, um, uh, I, you know, I, I don't think I even thought about it. I think I was, was too busy doing it to think about it. You know, can I, can I do this? I just, I just did it. I just sat down every day and, and I practiced on my sketchbook and uh, look at all the artists that I liked and copied them. And it kind of just, you know, it, it grew into this, uh, this mountain from a little small molehill. And that's the way, exactly. to me, that's the way life should be. Yeah. Is, you know, a first step accomplishment and uh, a second decade accomplishment, a third decade, and, and so on. Yeah. And that's how time works. You, you use it up until the, until the time that you have to join the ranks of 100 billion people before you um, who, are, who don't exist anymore. Yeah. It's the motivation. It's the motivation there to like you keep going, you keep doing it because you're gonna do something and you want to do something, but then you actually do that thing. And yeah, then most but, people don't do it. 
No, that's true. One hundred percent, they don't. Because, but if you do do it, you you all of a sudden will look around you and be like, oh my god, this time has passed. And then you look around even more and be like, oh, it was well worth it in the end. For me, it's been like I didn't realize I've been doing stuff in the arts now for three, four years almost at this point, and then working with animals for a few years as well. And I, I just look around and I'm like, this is worth it. You know, like you, you, you look around. I, I, I honestly, I, I agree with that because I looked at Jack Hanna, I looked at Steve Orwin, I'm like, I could do that. Now I'm doing it. I looked at uh, writers. I said, oh, I, I want to do that. I can do that, and I did it. I looked at movie uh, movie workers like I watched behind the scenes like like crazy as a kid on DVDs and, and wait till the end of some VHSs to have it when I was a lot younger and I'd be like I want to do that and I did it. I, yeah, I think it's the thing. It's it's the thing that a lot of people do like they look upon it like I want to do it. Well then do it. I, I think they're more comforted by having said it than actually having to do it. That's true. That echoes to the writer's quote is like, well, if you're a writer, then actually write. I'm, I'm probably butchering that right now. But do you know that, that one of like, oh, most writers say they're going to write, but they never actually do? Uh, I feel bad for them. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a very unfulfilling life. Yeah. Like, uh, I, don't know, I don't know how they make it through with that. It doesn't make any much sense. It really doesn't. Um, we're kind of going to the writing of books a little bit there. Do you do you have that dream project you ever want to do, or do you kind well, of just want to keep doing what you want to do? Uh, well, it's 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 both it's both it's um, the same for both of those. Okay. My dream project is pretty much what I'm working on now. Um, I've never said yes to things that I meant to say no to. Um, the story has to be good, or I reject it, which I've done many many times. Um, yeah. It makes the companies, you know, a little ticked off. <laughs> I could see that. But <clears throat> once people know your rep and they know that uh, you don't screw around with some people <clears throat> and he's not going to do it because the script isn't good and the editor should have should have done a lot better job to change it <clears throat> or whatever. You know, when it comes to me, I'm going to be able to tell right away if it's if it's worth diving into. And obviously, I, I've gotten a lot more a lot more picky over the years because um, I've I, I've seen much more and I've seen yeah. things that are good and bad. And rather than rather than just saying yes to everything, because you feel you have to, um, the word no is is just as pleasant, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I did the same when I was doing film. I was like I. I don't want to do this. They're like, oh, you could come do this project. It's like, okay, cool. Well, we'll pay you. Okay, awesome. I don't feel comfortable doing it. I think there that needs to be a line that creators have to do. Be, they, should, they need to say no. If they don't feel like they should be a part of the project or they don't feel comfortable with the project or they don't like the project at all, just don't say yes because it's something to do. Actually, because then you're going to give shitty work and then you're going to hate yourself for it. But I think a lot more creators need to have that line of just say no. Um, there's a, an analogy that I was thinking that um, about saying no um, that I've actually forgot now. Oh, <laughs> but if it comes up again, um, I'll bring it up. It's it's definitely worth uh, kind of chatting about. Yeah, well, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, 
when you're not working on comics, though, is there anything that you're ever up to, Steve, that people may, may find interest that much? Because I'm curious, like, is it most of the time comics? Is it like the relax time? Do you have any little special hobby things? Because I've found talking to other people that work in comics that we often have very interesting lives. <laughs> most of us do. I mean, a lot of us just try to be chill. Or this more not really chill. That's a terrible word to use. Uh, a lot more relaxed anymore in the past couple of years. But is there anything you do on the side that would that you kind of want to talk about? Well, I would say if you want to get to the core, you know, um, uh, description of what I am by nature, I like to draw and I will draw anything that catches my attention. I will paint anything that I happen to like. And through that, um, I bring I bring that to the things I have to do. And sign my name as Steve Rue too. Ooh. Um, <clears throat> the comics themselves um, are uh, are the thing that I that I do that um, it, it's the hardest thing I do, and it's it's the most gratifying. Okay. So <clears throat> really, I have an I have an ideal life <clears throat> in the studio. I do outside. Yeah. It's a lot less pleasant for me. Yeah. <laughs> why why say that? Because then, then you got to deal with the real world out there, uh, and the real world has a lot of surprises. Um, and because I don't see people as being that smart, you're going to have a lot of uh, things that uh, are going to uh, you're going to have to look at and chat, talk about, and confront and deal with that you're really rather not. It's true. And being in Phoenix, you get to see a lot of stuff like that, as you know. <laughs> when do you when do you walk out anymore? Yeah, it's anywhere, Dakota. Yeah. It's universal. Yeah. Oh, shoot. That's true. That is true. I mean, that is the part about it. But, I mean, I, and honestly, it makes us more humble about what we do, I think, in a way, as, as creators. Well, if you're smart, you will. Yeah. Humility is a good thing. That's true. Rockwell had it. And uh, um, uh, artists tend to go through a lot of moments that uh, kind of formed the big picture of your life. Um, <clears throat> Rockwell went through a, a time of feeling um, obsolete. He wasn't keeping up with the times. He was scared to death that people were going to forget him, um, like his hero, J.C. Leyendecker. <clears throat> but in fact, Norman had very little to worry about. He's the only guy that the average person in the street knows about who's an illustrator, the only guy. Everyone knows him. So good for Norman. Yeah. And he made it work. I mean, everyone has their own way of doing things. And I think it, if it works, it works in a way there, too, which is pretty nice. Well, that's but all we have a conscience. Yeah, that's, that's also true with it. A conscience tells you everything that you're not smart enough to think of on your own. Yeah. Because a conscience never lies. It's, it's, it's a human gift that... Uh, um, uh, you can speculate to the how cows come home about um, why it's there, how it's there, all those things. But um, it is it is a thing that I've relied on uh, all my life. And if I'm smart, I'll listen to it. Yeah. And I, I'd say it's worked out pretty well so far. Um, one thing I can cite that I, I never used my common sense about at times was women. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> And it always it always ended up being disastrous. 
because my my conscience mm. would never lie to me. Uh, bio- biology got in the way, and it uh, was not not good. No, until I met Janelli. See, there you go, there you go. So it still worked out though. That's the nice part about it. Well, somebody took pity on me. Yeah, <laughs> I just say one day. My girlfriend's going to wake up and she's going to be, she's going to wake up and realize, uh-oh, <laughs> what have I done? The, the best uh, relationships are, are give, give, give to the other person. Yes. Yes. That's it. You know, if you give, they give that sort of thing. But if you have to have things worth giving. You have to have uh, enough true. life experience to know who you are so you can use those things uh, to benefit other people. True. Yeah, because if you don't, I mean, then what's the point of it? Like, if you don't give anything or have anything worthwhile of giving, then it's like, well, what is the point of all of it? Like, because you know, especially I think it's always been a thing, is that relationships are challenging to keep, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with friends and whatnot. It's always a challenge to keep. But if the challenge is worth the end product, then just keep doing it. Then, then that's why you're still with that person. That's why going back to what you said, there's very few true friends out there. If you you will know when you have a true friend. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I do want to say, Steve is yeah. We are coming near the end of the podcast here, my good man. And I do want to say is thank you for coming on to the show. This has actually been, I think. Pretty lighted, and you have a lot of lot of good stuff to say. Actually, like I said, pretty fatherly stuff, but really, really good stuff. Well, it's it's funny when um, Janelle met me. Um, I told her what I did, wow. um, but the usual things that that other artists have, I have nothing. Like, there's no action figures here. Um, there's no giant. Um, the only things I have on my shelf are are the things that affected me. The most deeply, uh, the Jack Kirby work. <clears throat> I, I'm just really recently getting into Hal Foster in a, in a big way uh-huh. that I never did before. <clears throat> um, uh, Roy Crane, um, <clears throat> all the things that that mattered genuinely that helped me become the person that I am as an artist. Which and is good to keep are, you. Are so beloved to me. Yeah. It's it's good to keep those around because you look at you you can look at them and say, "This is me" in a way, and it's good because it keeps you it reminds you and whatnot. But I mean, and and yeah, that may be the case. You may not have an action figure or something like that, but it doesn't mean you haven't done anything good. You know, let's be like I I could go my whole life without getting a toy made of anything in my work, and I'm okay with that. I don't, I could care less. It'd be cool to have, but I could care less. I have to do the yeah, work for, and accomplish it. That's what matters. For some reason, I I don't tend to talk about comics that much. If you get me started at Kirby, you know, and what he's done, and Hal Foster, and all my favorite illustrators, you know, I'll I'll talk to the to the moon comes up. That's why I was looking at this conversation that we were having. I'm like, wow, like we talked a little bit about comics, and we talked about so much more other stuff. Yeah, I'm afraid that's what you're going to get from me. <laughs> no, <laughs> honestly, that is the show. We I've I've brought people on before, and friends of mine too in the business. I bring them on, and I like to tell people we talk two percent comics, and the rest is everything else. Yeah. <clears throat> well, one thing I've learned over over time, because everything is a lesson learned, um, is uh, 
if, if you want if you want to engage people in conversation, do not talk about yourself the whole time. That is that is a sure sign sign of a dummy. Yeah, that is probably the worst social faux pas you can ever fall into. So egotists will do do will do nothing but talk about themselves. That's a that's a person you kind of want to avoid. Yeah, conversation is the meaning of it to me is give and take. And every yeah. time you say something to that person, they respond in a way that makes them feel happy to respond back. Don't tell them bad things. The world will do that. Will do plenty of bad things on its own. But yeah. when you're with that person, uh, don't add to their grief. No, you got to add to the positivity. You got to add to the to the goodness of that person. You got to add to the you know to make them happy. Like you said, like it, it's that give. You just give. That's all. Like I, the world would be a better place if we just all gave. Yeah, and the fuller the fuller kind of person you are through life experience. <clears throat> And um, having done, having just done a lot of experiences to teach you, uh, kind of a, I guess I call it an emotional foundation. <clears throat> the more you have of that, the better you can be for others. But you really need to take care of yourself first and, and figure things out. The more you can do that, the better person you're going to be for others. That, that I can't think of a better way to <laughs> the show with that. Shoot. Yeah, that's yeah, that is a. So anyway, sounds like people doing really good things with your life. Yeah, <laughs> well, thank you. Sorry, I was so sounded like poo, but yeah, like well, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and you too as well, which is great to hear. I like it's it's good to hear all the stuff you're doing as well. And myself, I could give a damn about, but with you though, I want to say is thank you though, Steve. Thank you for this conversation, my good man. I think the best things we talked about was that was that alligator. Yeah, <laughs> you think so? Yeah, and if you ever have anything uh, related to like a cheetah come in, come into your your uh, your menagerie there, give me a call. Yeah, I'm, I'm I've been waiting my whole life to pet a cheetah. Ooh, my I, favorite I will keep that in mind. Yeah, I will definitely keep that in mind. If I ever I apply and work at the Phoenix Zoo as a keeper there. If I ever somehow make my way there, I'll be sure to give you a call. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have a bunch of animal stories that are really funny, <clears throat> and it, it really? goes to show to me. Um, we, you know, we talked about this. Um, anything with a beating heart has similarities, no matter what <clears throat> what you see when you look in their eyes. I mean, you can't yeah. look at a crocodile's eyes or an alligator's eyes and see, you know emotion pouring out of them it's like birds of prey you, you can't see it but the fact that they did that to you um shows you that there's a lot more things on the inside that you can see on the outside sometimes it's true it's very but thanks for thanks for inviting me on the show dakota i appreciate it of course thank you steve you're welcome back anytime and i'll let you i will send the emails to let everybody know when the episode is out i i hope it i hope it helps um your listeners in, in whatever way it might. Yeah. You know. I hope it helps your Kickstarter as well too, my good man. Yeah. The Kickstarter is uh is kind of Janelle's project. She's very excited about it. So yeah. if you wanted if you want to talk about yin and yang, that's that's the best example I can come up with. I draw yeah. the pictures and she markets them. Oh, that's a perfect relationship. <laughs> it is now. And, you know, we have yeah, to work yeah. a lot of things. Oh, I, I could believe it. Oh, I can believe it. 
All righty, Steve. Well, I will let you go. Good man. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you.